Welcome to Both Sides of the Broadcast. I'm your host, Walker Brown. Within this 12-episode podcast, you'll hear from students who have been a part of athletics from Division I schools down to club athletics, hearing their experiences at the level of play they've had and much more about their time at the university. Follow along this series to get behind the scenes look at what it's like to be a student athlete. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Beyond the Broadcast podcast, hosted by yourself, myself, uh, Walker Brown. Joined with me today is former teammate of mine and former, or not former, but Texas native himself, Philip Waters. How you doing today, Philip? Good. How you doing, mate? Not doing too bad. Can't complain. You know, the weather's been pretty pretty well over here in Georgia as it gets a little bit cooler here for the fall weather. But uh, let's kind of jump into this. I want to know about your college experience as you have a little bit different one um, than most people that we have played with or that I know so far. Um, tr- playing at two different schools while in college in four years. Um, so let's kind of jump back, and I kind of want to get a rundown of your college recruiting um, in high school as you and I are both from Texas. Texas does not have a bunch of lacrosse or it's not as large as it is here maybe on the east coast or the west coast but the area that you were from Dallas is I know a little bit larger um, with quality players and uh, more attention so I kind of want to hear a little bit about if you always wanted to play in college or if you just kind of wanted to see how that went. So yeah kind of like you said I mean Texas is not a ton of really hotbed lacrosse areas, but I mean, Dallas definitely had a, a few more teams in other parts. Um, I definitely knew even from like freshman year, or freshman year of high school on that I wanted to play in college. So I started the kind of the recruiting train pretty early. Um, I played a lot of tournaments back East, a lot of showcases, that kind of thing. Um, so I think pretty much from there on out, I was, I was set on finding a place to play. Um, I think I knew pretty early on that I didn't want to play, Division One, mainly just because I wasn't getting a, a ton of looks, and it just seemed kind of like something that would uh, take up more time than I really wanted to give it at the time. But um, yeah, I, I just kind of did showcases and camps and tournaments and all sorts of stuff pretty much every summer. So what were uh, a few different schools that you were kind of looking into um, going through the process besides, I know uh, the first school you attended for college was Lindenwood, but besides Lindenwood, um, were there other Division two schools you looked into, Division three, or uh, did you kind of poke around in Division one a little bit? Even though you said you didn't want to really go Division one, but uh, did you get any looks from uh, each division? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, my freshman year I had a few looks at the D1 level. A lot of it was preferred walk-on spots. Um, I had a probably the longest one I had a conversation with was Brown, but academically I just wasn't going to uh, kind of find a home there. Pretty much Brown was probably the last school I spent any serious time with at Division One level. Division Two, uh, can't even. There was a few schools I, I bounced around with, with conversations with coaches and um, other people I knew there. But it was kind of the same for for D two and D three. I looked pretty hard at Lynchburg for a while. Um, spent some time on their campus as well as Roanoke's campus. I think there was a couple others, a um, couple schools in Ohio. I think Ohio Wesleyan. I spent some time there. Um, just kind of getting to know their coaching staff and, and what their school was like. But um, for the most part, you know, after I landed on Lindenwood, I, I mean, it was a pretty pretty quick process with them, so I didn't really have a ton of time to to shop so much, I guess you could say, after I, I landed on that school. So as, you know, you ended up choosing uh, Lindenwood University, which is in Missouri, you make the jump from Texas to Missouri. 
how would you kind of describe your freshman year with athletics and academics? You know, I, there's a big jump from high school to college with both ac- athletics and academics. Um, so how would you kind of describe that your freshman year? I know a few people um, that I've had on so far said the, the transition was kind of smooth. Some um, others said it was a little bit tougher for them. But how would you describe personally uh, the jump from high school to college? Oh, I mean, it was it was night and day. You know, it was it was really intimidating kind of coming in because at the time when I when I was a freshman on campus, in Lindenwood, we were number well, – actually, my freshman year we weren't ranked. But previously, you know, they had – been a top ten, top five school in the nation for Division Two. So I mean, it was it, it was a Division Two powerhouse up until you know the year before I got there. So I mean, when I showed up on on campus my freshman year for the first practice, it was it was a completely different sport. You know, different speed, different intensity, different physicality. I mean, it was. It, it, I needless to say, I wasn't necessarily prepared for it going in. I I always kind of expected it would be harder, but I didn't think it was going to be um, as much harder that it was. So making that jump there, um, your first freshman year and sophomore year, ultimately after your sophomore year, you make the decision to step away from Lindenwood and transfer out. Um, what was the kind of main decision or thought process behind that, wanting to leave um, Missouri and Lindenwood University and ultimately kind of open up your, I guess, recruiting again um, to, to other schools around so I, I, what it really all came, kind of came down to is, I mean, I, I I was going to Lindenwood for lacrosse. I was going there to play. Um, I thought I was playing pretty good lacrosse, but unfortunately, you know, the way our roster was built up and the fact that my sophomore year, we got a really strong um, freshman recruiting class that kind of came in. My kind of place on the, um, on the field, I never really found any time on the field. So I ultimately just decided it was probably time for me to, find a new home and a new place to play. So I, I started reaching out to some different schools. Um, at the time, I had a pretty good relationship with, a, with an old high school teammate of mine, Jared Brock, who also played at um, at Piedmont. And he'd been trying to recruit me there since, you know, my fall semester of my freshman year. But I had never really um, considered it until I was actually, you know, getting in the portal. Um, so I reached out to their coaching staff. I, I had a, a number of coaches uh, reach out to me after I – I jumped in the portal. I mean, it was, it was a little overwhelming, honestly. Um, you're kind of like a free agent. Everybody just sees your name and, and starts reaching out to you and information about their school. So it, it did kind of feel like I, I started the entire recruiting process over again, you know, having to look into schools where they were located, you know, what they were all about, that kind of thing. Um, but ultimately, you know, having a good relationship with, with Jared's time and then, um, feeling pretty good about the, the coaching staff and, and the location of Piedmont. I, I was pretty confident in that decision, um, making the switch there. I thought it could, could make a pretty good impact on the team and, and play on a uh, pretty good bit of roster in a, in, a good, um, in a good conference. So I kind of want to jump back a little bit about the actual recruiting itself. Um, yeah. How does that uh, work? Um, I've always been kind of curious. So when you plan to put yourself in the portal, your name, um, did you do that, say, during the spring season, kind of let your coaching staff know at Lindenwood, hey, uh, I think I'm going to um, respectively, you know, step away from this team and maybe open my, my options again and kind of look around to see where I can go play as just things aren't working out for me. No, no blood, but mm-hmm. bad blood between you and I, but, you know, I, would, I, I came to college to play and 
Um, I just kind of want to know how that works, uh, kind of behind the scenes of opening your recruiting again. So it's kind of funny. It's it's actually really anticlimactic. So my sophomore year was obviously the year that COVID sent us all home. So um, we had spring break and we had a gap in between our games. So our coaches all sent us home. And then we we just never came back. So I think it was probably, I don't know, three or four weeks into quarantining at home. um, I had to go back and and pick up my stuff. And I was able to have a a brief face-to-face conversation with my coach and just kind of tell him, hey, man, this, you know, this isn't what I was thinking it was going to be. And I'd like to try and um, kind of explore some other options and and put my name out there in the transfer portal. And I I got nothing bad to say about that coaching staff. They were completely understanding. They were um, very, really grateful for the time I put in and and kind of, um, kind of expected it. You know, they, they they knew that I was um, too talented of a player to sit on the bench, but unfortunately probably wasn't going to find much time on, on the field, uh, for Lindenwood. So they were, they were really supportive and understanding, but I mean, essentially all I did was call him or not call him, talk to him. Then I called the recruiting office at Lindenwood and they handled all the paperwork and everything. And I think within a matter of about, uh, 12 hours, my name was in the portal and I was getting just kind of cold calls from assistant coaches and, and, um, recruiting guys all over the country. So that was, that was a cool experience, but yeah, the, the actual transfer process is pretty anticlimactic. It's kind of just a, a phone call and then, then you're out there. Yeah. Uh, my thought process, I feel like it would be very overwhelming just with phone calls and, and, and emails once you kind of put your, yourself out there. But ultimately you end up here at Piedmont, um, and you, mm-hmm. you ended up, uh, originally rooming with your old high school friend, uh, Jared Brock who had spent his whole four years here, and also uh, Connor Rogers and Billy French, also two transfers coming in. How would you kind of uh, explain your your living process with, you know, two transfers and also uh, uh, an old, I guess, high school friend of yours and, I guess, club high school teammate or what, kind of whatever you want to call Jared, an old friend from back home um, yeah, that ultimately, yeah. you know, you became college teammates with? Oh gosh, um, living with Billy and, and Connor and, and Jared was that was that was a really unique couple of years in my life. Um, I, I love those love those two guys during or Billy and Connor. They're, they're you know friends I'm really gonna have for the rest of my life. They they've really been um, guys that stuck by me for the two years I was there, and then obviously um, the year and a half I, I've been removed um, from college. But no, it was great. You know, they were super welcoming. Um, we definitely tried to all kind of, you know, make each other better on the field, off the field, that kind of thing. And, and we had a really good time for the for two years that we were there. Um, and then, like I said, I, I still keep in touch with, all, with both those guys. And, and I'll probably uh, continue to do that as, you know, we get older and, and start to get really into the, uh, the real world. Most definitely. And I think that is something that uh, college athletics has definitely brought for, for myself. And I feel the same way about those two guys along with yourself. Um, the relationships you build in college, especially on the sports team, I feel like are some that really will last the the entirety of, of the rest of my life. And, you know, I'm only mm-hmm. 20, 23 years old, very young, but I can I can already tell a lot of these friendships that I've made through the team my four years in college. Um, a lot of these guys, uh, those those friendships really carry over into the uh, the post college years of your life. 
you know, a lot of these guys uh, that you and I are friends with, they're, you know, inviting us to weddings. Um, they're, you know, having children and, and you're able to, to share those experiences with them post, you know, playing lacrosse with them and having a good time in college with them. So I think that's, it's a really great thing that, you know, we've had here at Piedmont from the, uh, the program that we've been able to be a part of. But, uh, oh yeah, no, m- most definitely. Uh, I, I want to hear about your time after leaving Lindenwood coming here, um, more on the lacrosse side, the experience being an athlete here at, uh, at Piedmont, kind of the difference between Lindenwood's experience, your first two years and your, your last two years in college here at, uh, Piedmont. Well, I mean, obviously you have the, uh, the on the field thing, you know, at, at Lindenwood, I was, I was more on the sideline and, and at Piedmont, I got, um, I got the opportunity to, to get a pretty significant amount of playing time, be a, a starter um, the two years I was on on the team, which was awesome. Um, kind of off the field, more of the, um, I guess you could say, the facility side of things. It, it was a pretty dramatic difference at, um, at Lindenwood. It is a, a very well-funded ac- uh, athletic program. So we had, you know, um, at, at the time it was it – was, low D1 rated uh, facilities with, you know, training rooms and weight rooms and locker rooms. And then coming to Piedmont, um, obviously not, not the same when it comes to the facilities there at, at Lindenwood, they were, they were pretty top notch. And then not saying any of the stuff at Piedmont was, um, was bad by any means, but it was definitely a, a change in that regard. But um, on the field, I mean, coaching staff, I, I couldn't say enough good things about, Coach Dutton and then uh, Coach McKay at the time, who was the offensive coordinator, um, they they really were great. Um, I had a great couple of years with them, and, and they really taught me a lot and just gave me the opportunity to play. Yeah, that's I, I that's awesome. I just what you've told me from Lindenwood and they're like on the athletic side, such as like weight rooms and stuff, seems kind of out of this world and something that we've been able to see now in the college world of lacrosse is is Lindenwood's made that that jump to from division two to division one. So, I mean, that seems like, uh, it really, the program had it coming that they were going to try and plan to make that jump. But, uh, mm-hmm. um, how do you, how do you kind of feel on, um, Lindenwood making that jump from division two to division one, um, kind of getting their start and I guess, you know, the, the, the highest level you could play at for, for college lacrosse. Oh, I'm happy for him. You know, unfortunately I don't have a ton of, ton of guys I play with that are still on the, uh, the roster nowadays, but, the first year, I guess, would have been, I guess, last year. Um, I, I still had some buddies that were that were on the team, so it was really awesome to see them kind of get the opportunity to play at the highest level. Um, I do think they got a, a pretty quick reality check of the difference between Division One and, and Division Two lacrosse. Unfortunately, I don't think they they had the best of seasons and record wise, but I know they they still got to pull out some good wins, and, and I think it was a it was a great decision for them to ultimately jump up to D1, kind of like I said, they, they have top-notch facilities. Um, St. Charles, Missouri is a fantastic college town, a lot of really um, supportive fans there. And, and honestly, you know, St. Louis is a another one of those areas that's a really growing lacrosse hotbed. Um, I, I think in the next probably 10, 15 years, that'll, that'll definitely be a spot you'll be seeing a lot of um, Division One guys coming out of um, in the future. Definitely could not agree with you more there. But as we kind of jump forward, as you know, you previously mentioned you are a year and a half uh, out of college. How would you describe your time 
as being a student athlete for the Piedmont men's lacrosse team and kind of what has it done for you? Um, kind of go back over some of the stuff you, you previously mentioned. Oh, I mean, it, it was one of the best decisions I think I made in, in my four years of college. Um, I'm joining the team, you know, I made lifelong friends, people that I, you know, always keep in touch with. I made some great memories of those guys. And, and ultimately I got to play the sport that I loved at the, the highest collegiate level I could, I could do it at that time. You know, I, I got a chance to play in the conference championship, um, which was, was an unbelievable experience. I mean, it, you know, I really wouldn't trade any of it for anything. Um, and, and I'm just really grateful I got the opportunity to do it. One last question here before we end it off. I want to know if you could go back to yourself at being, you know, 18, 19 years old, a senior in high school, would you go the same route that you traveled through college or do you think you would go a different route, maybe be an average Joe, a regular college student, or would you take, you know, the same route, going to Lindenwood for two years, playing, you know, making great friends there and ultimately transferring to Piedmont University and, you know, starting for two years and, you know, making a bunch of friends here? Oh, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Um, but looking back on it, I, I don't regret any decisions that I made. Um, kind of going to Lindenwood and, and making the jump um, my sophomore year. But going back on it, you know, maybe I would have probably taken a little more time and been a little more methodical in, in understanding, you know, how I was going to fit in in that school or in that roster and in the people I would surround myself with, you know, um, before I committed. Um, not saying it was, it was a bad decision. I think looking back on it, you know, it really gave me a, a couple of good years of, of learning. Um, but ultimately, I, I think I I'm, would have always wanted to be a college athlete. I don't think I would want to change that at all. Um, I'm really happy that I got the opportunity to play lacrosse for the four years that I did. But I, I may have been a little more um, more decisive or more careful with my decision um, going into college. Well, thank you again, Phil, for giving me, you know, a little bit of your time uh, tonight and hopping on and kind of sharing with the people the experience of what it's like to play at the Division II level uh, in College Lacrosse and Division III level here at Piedmont University. So I just want to say thanks for uh, coming on tonight. Give me a little bit of your time. Um, as always, everyone, that was Philip Waters, fellow Texan and former teammate of mine. Um, hope you're having a great rest of your day. As always, episodes air every Friday at 4 o'clock. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for tuning in this week to Both Sides of the Broadcast, the 12-episode podcast on what it's really like being an athlete in college at different levels, going from Division One to club athletics. New episodes will be posted every Friday at 4 p.m.